Okay, so let's get after this. Yeah, oh. go. Threes, twos, and the Number ones. Right here, the king. And bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. How's everyone doing this fine Saturday morning? Yes, we are recording on a Saturday. It has been a little bit tough and hard to get to get our um to get our schedules uh kind of aligned here. Uh thank you for again for just tuning in to the PS Comics I Love You podcast. I am one of your hosts, the one, the only Jared Capacun, aka the Dark King, and to the left, up, down, right. I'm pretty sure it's the left of me now, has always been, is the one, the only the voice of reason. At Voice and Reason 23, Kevin Pillow, all social media platforms, mm-hmm. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Voice of Reason 23. Mm-hmm. Yes, welcome to, well, Saturday afternoon, yeah. but we'll call it yeah. Saturday morning cartoons for the best thing. No, we are not sponsored by, it's over here, Kevin. We're not sponsored by Disney. It's just the way the artwork came out. If you're watching the YouTube yeah. show, <clears throat> and <clears throat> by the way, as we record this show on YouTube, <clears throat> Sorry that mm-hmm. episode one hasn't been posted yet. <laughs> It'll get posted. I've had some, uh, I've been backlogged on uh, video editing and I wanted to make sure that our main series got up and that the what if got up at least in audio form so that people can have a, at least something to do a watch along with. Uh, mm-hmm. So, but I will get the what if uh, um, playlist and I will get both episodes one and two. As you listen to this, it will be available yeah. on YouTube. So, um, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> give you guys a chance, get it set we're going to start uh, What If, uh, episode two, What If T'Challa were a Star-Lord um, in just a couple minutes. So get it queued up on Disney Plus for episode two on What If. And uh, real quick, there's no we don't do a lot of news and notes on What Ifs on, on the, the, the Disney Plus on the, on the bonus episodes. But hmm. teaser for next week's show, uh, meaning the, 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 uh, our, from our main series. Well, boy, we got a lot to talk about. We got... <clears throat> we had, of course, when we recorded episode 53 or season two or season two, episode two, we were right in the midst of the um, Shang-Chi premiere. Yep. Uh, there has been some new um, featurettes and, and teasers that have come out since then of uh, for Shang-Chi, which is due out in theater in like two weeks from as we record this. But we also got a trailer for the Eternals, which we will talk about on our main show. But so. There's a teaser for that show coming up. Is you're gonna to want to watch it. I'm sure sure Jr. is feverishly rewriting the script, but we are gonna do the Black Widow watch along. But before we get into that, we will talk a little bit about the Eternals because it looks oh my gosh, yeah, it was that, great. That trailer really just good. blew everything wide the f yep. open, yep. and um, so and what that may mean for uh, a certain other species of of characters from Marvel canon. So there's a little teaser right now. Yeah, let's no. get into what if um, <clears throat> episode one, what if Captain Car- what if uh, agent Carter became uh, a super soldier? Now mm-hmm. we have, what if T'Challa became a star Lord and um, little background on this. We have since found out, obviously this is Chadwick Boseman voicing T'Challa. This was one of the last projects he did for Disney um slash marvel studios um and he actually reading more about it presented this idea they had an idea of having him portray the black panther or having him play t'challa once again 
in some form of fashion. And when they announced what if, um, they said, well, this is what we, this is what we want you to do. And T'Challa's like, what if I took over as Star-Lord that it wasn't Peter Quill that's kidnapped from, uh, uh, from earth. And Disney went, Oh, that's a different spin. And so that's where we're at. This was Chadwick Boseman's idea to have mm-hmm. him be the Star-Lord. So, um, did you have any little notes to, to add to that? Or are we, you ready to get this, uh, little I'll party get started? Into it. Let's just get into it, man. Right, let's I know, get into it. Yeah. A I little... know for the fact that other than the fact that because Chad would sign on to become it, nearly everybody from, uh, that was attached to either uh, black Panther or, uh, or Guardians of the galaxy, just like as voice actors, except for, of course, David Batista sign on to say, yeah, sure. Let's do it. Yeah. So yeah, so when you have uh, when we meet some of the cast and characters, right that that ha- that were you know they're uh, that are on the show, they're actually uh, they're actually from their actors or actresses, and so yeah, yeah. the original is, actors, really I think this is like ninety nine percent of the original yeah. voice actors for this one. Yeah. I've hit play. We're in the Marvel Studios crawl yeah. here. I still like that the I I almost kind of wish they would have animated the the. Um, the little clips somehow, some way, but I know that would have no, been a lot no. of work, but I do like the little, yeah. like I said, a little cartoony scribble at the end of the Marvel studios logo. Um, yeah. We then get the Jeffrey Wright open, which by the way, I continue to say perfect. And I cannot wait for Uatu and the watchers to become uh, more live action canon. We saw them in guardians of the galaxy volume two, but they did not speak. <clears throat> and uh, I know that in the comics, the watchers don't speak a lot because they don't get involved. Yeah. Just no, like, no. If, yeah. If, if, they, if, if canon wise, if, if the watchers speak, they're already disrupting the reality of that space. And not only that, but like the watchers are, are humongous too. Like the, the ones we saw in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, they were actually relatively small. I'm talking about like, like two times the size of Hulk. Yeah. Type of thing. They're, and, they're and, huge characters and they can come, they can shrink and grow. I yeah, believe that's one of their powers. Yeah. Cause I think even in original sin, or I'm sorry, um, yeah, original mm-hmm. sin, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, original sin. But then you saw you're talking about you're talking about um, Uatu, his dead body. Uatu. Yeah, his, his dead body was huge. Oh, okay. Because they always kind of give the illusion. Sometimes he can be relatively human size, but then he is yeah. gigantic. So yeah. <clears throat> so we're where we got through the intro. <clears throat> we hear Uatu now talk about kind of teasing. You know, because he is kind of a galactic being because he sees all of space in the universe and stuff like that. And he kind of teases that this is a galactic story. And we do. We see much like in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, we see Star-Lord walking through Morag. I was waiting for um, the, the soundtrack to kick in, which would have been really oh. kind of cool. But yeah. um, we know later down that that is very much connected to... Um, that the music side is more connected to um, Peter Quill than it is yeah. the character Star Lord. And also the other thing too is again, Jared, we mentioned one little thing can change the entire story is in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One, Peter Quill throws the um, the, the the capture device on the ground and pulls it out, whereas T'Challa goes no and holds the device and brings it to him rather than it fall to the ground. Subtle little yeah. changes, and then yeah. of course we also see the. Uh, this this the character I can't think of his name. Uh, um, the uh, Korath the Pursuer. Yes, Korath, uh, who was uh, hired by Ronan, still hired yeah, by Ronan. Yep. 
played by Digimon Honsu, who also voices the character. And it's awesome to hear him come back, dude. It's, it's, he's it's so good. interesting. Yeah, he's great, dude. He's I I remember seeing him in other films too, and so he's freaking. He's always been an amazing actor, and just to have him play this certain role with him, basically be a fanboy of oh, Star Lord. I loved it. Dude. It was a great different. It was a great different take on the character, and and yeah, it's just uh, I'm gonna just keep on. I'm gonna going to um, I just jump around in uh, during the uh, uh, during the episode. But I'm pretty sure for those who are listening to us right now, you probably most likely have watched the episode already because it's been a couple of days. It might be more a couple of days, just a little bit more uh, when you guys listen to this uh, podcast. And so, <clears throat> yeah, just overall, uh, for me, the biggest stark differences is, is just how. Like how T'Challa is gonna always be T'Challa, and how he and how he um, carries himself as Star Lord. He is he is revered. He is absolutely freaking revered as he should be. Yeah. Um, in that role, and just even with a, even with a Korra, Korra the the pursuer, he's just full on fanboying him, man. Like that's crazy to think about. He's fanboying this uh this very distinct character in in T'Challa, or what he's soon to be known as Cha Cha. Uh, which is that was that was a great little tidbit right there that I saw that I heard. I'm like, oh, cha cha, okay. I thought that and, was interesting, and yeah. um, and then she stuck with it, being obviously a full foreshadowing. We get to see yeah. a new version of Nebula, um, mm-hmm. or is it Nebula? But we don't know. It, uh, it's Nebula. It's Nebula. It's Nebula. It's I know that there's people that are out it's, there saying that it could possibly be, um, uh, what's her name from Gamora? Loki? No, oh, that it could. no, no, because no, in. The comic books, um, mm-hmm. Ravona Renslayer, who oh. becomes uh, uh, the Terminatrix, yeah. takes on the embodiment of Nebula in a blonde wig in the comics and infiltrates the Avengers, um, only to later, of course, reveal herself that As uh, she was Ravona Renslayer. But that might be too much of a deep cut. No, uh, it's, it's definitely one of those things where like it's how would oh, be, well granted uh for those who don't know now yeah thanos is in this is is in this particular arc and um the way thanos's arc uh the way that thanos is portrayed here is much different from what he is oh, in yeah. mcu canon and so just uh because of that because of thanos being different in this version of the what if everything else is drastically different that includes uh that includes um still a very you know uh touchy uh, subject for for Nebula, but like yeah, it's still very much that uh, strange father daughter relationship where it's they're estranged or some certain sense. And there's still some history there, but it feels like they can work through it type of stuff. Yeah, and so that's just a different aspect too. So I feel like yeah, this Nebula is very much the the spy. Yeah, know, the very um very much felt like Amelia Clark's character in uh in Star Wars uh in Solo. Star Wars in Solo movie. Oh so, yeah. So yeah, very much that, like that, that is that is a great pull. Um, yeah. Real little, neat little tidbit that was pointed out to me um, when we see um, Star Lord ship take off Morag, and, and of course, uh, segues into him being back in Wakanda in 1988, um, yeah. and we find out how he's removed from Earth. Um, mm-hmm. We all know that in the com- or in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Star Lord's ship is known as the Milano. It's named after Alyssa Milano because he mm-hmm. is a child of the eighties, meaning mm-hmm. Peter, Peter Quill. Um, and well, of course, T'Challa, yes, is a child of the eighties, but in, he's in a, in a different country. He's maybe not introduced to stuff like 
who's the boss. Um, yeah. So his ship is called the Mandela, of course, named after Nelson Mandela, Nelson the Mandela. The, um, the leader of the apartheid. Yeah, I guess the apartheid in South Africa. In South Africa. Yeah. Um, and we know that in the comic books and in the movies um, that T'Challa is a, a historian. He he's a history buff. He loves yeah. reading about these kind of heroes. Um, and he is a, uh, the character loves um, peace and harmony amongst uh, different cultures and stuff. And then, of course, we segue here into how, what happens. They are actually looking for Peter Quill in What If. They, yeah. But because of the... Um, the density uh, of... The density of the... The vibranium. The vibranium. Yeah. They think they're looking... They think they found a, um, a god, but they actually found vibranium and found t'challa who was wandering in the in the not the wilderness but the the uh the wildlands yeah um and we see um oh uh, goodness gracious uh was it korag huh. uh no what's 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 no, um uh, uh he found uh james gunn's was, brother uh craglin craglin uh, Sean and Gun. Ta yeah and taser face. face yeah find them and they're both returning voice actors from the original yeah. movie Mm -hmm. um and then we get to see the ravagers which is now at this point craglin um uh, it's craglin um, it's Taserface. Taserface face yondu which we do see yeah. um mm -hmm. of course we see um t'challa and then of course again the character's name from that's ronan's assassin yeah uh it's uh cora cora, cora. And just before yeah just and we before, don't know actually, who's the woman which woman with the pink hair to the side Oh yeah, yeah. I that's an that's I, a new character. That is a new character. I, they haven't. Um, I'm trying to look up the uh, the IMDb for it. It's an, I I don't. But I then the, at the moment the literal big reveal we find out that Thanos, the Mad Titan, is now yep. a Ravager. Yep. His idea of snapping half of existence, uh, snapping half of life out of existence, is still canon. It's what he tried to do, yep. but he was talked out of it by T'Challa. And um, yeah, for those who don't before, just a little, just a little headway before that, because of T'Challa being part of the Ravagers, they, they just completely shifted their alignment in the Ravagers with before. But what we used to know of the Ravagers is that, yeah, they would they were they were kind pirates. of like merc mercenaries. They were Mer mercenaries, they would, mercenaries. They were they would steal from everybody. But then because of T'Challa being such a great alignment of an individual is, it's just to full on, you know, in this point, chaotic good. Right. Because I'm, I'm using DMT terms now. <clears throat> where they would steal from the rich and give to the poor. They would they would try to um, usurp certain you know horrible kingdoms and stuff. They would try to help lands that have been savaged, and so that's always been his case. And so you have the Ravagers now just being the good guys in a sense, being literally guardians of the galaxy, the literal guardians of the galaxy. Robin Hood <clears throat> and his band of merry men, basically. Exactly, exactly. And so because or Robin of that. Leech. Yeah, and, and because that uh, Star Lord is such a well-renowned name now, T'Challa is such a well-renowned figure, and you do have him going up against Thanos in a sense. To a sense, and one of the pivotal lines that uh, that I love hearing that is that um sometimes the best uh, sometimes the best thing in your arsenal is a good argument. Is a, and I love that line because it's it's very true. It's, it's it definitely is. one of the thing. That's definitely one of the things that could have been used on current mcu thanos when he was still you know living or he, he could be looked by as like you know why you know what is these type of things and i feel like 
that even though Thanos, MCU Thanos has gone through, you know, at this point, multiple, multiple planets and gone and fought off against probably ex- extraordinary, intellect, extraordinary intellects in those planets. I feel like because of how T'Challa got in there early and because of his upbringing and because of his view of the world, specifically in Africa and how his history, the history of the world there is, has, has been changed obviously he was able to bring up these arguments saying that is it truly you know the best plan to eradicate half of everybody just so that the other half can survive because of resources well he's been be well t'challa at this point has been shown that he can say that no we can we can do certain resources because we understand the context of everything and granted you know i'm just i'm pretty sure i'm just kind of filling in certain gaps here but like this is this is t'challa's mo man this is that's his motivation is it is freaking awesome. Well, he always so, said too, and all the way back in Civil War, and, and um, that he loves democracy, he loves diplomacy, but he he doesn't have he doesn't understand the politics side like his dad yeah. did. And yeah. um, so his ability to, to, like you said, to 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 the 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 best weapon. What did you say? The best weapon sometimes is, is a good, good argument. Is yeah, the best weapon is sometimes a good argument. And we saw that a little bit in Infinity War, where Thanos did. Uh, debate so to speak with dr strange um yeah. which was one of my favorite scenes where you do get to see there is a quote quote unquote human side and i, and I, and I know he's not a human he's a he's a, yeah. he's a titan and he's from a different planet but you you get to see that his idea is rooted in good but yeah like they the theme throughout the the, the, the show is it's still genocide yeah. Um, we do see that the big bad, at least in this episode, is uh Tenelier Tavon, the collector, yeah, yeah um, it's on steroids, awesome. um, yeah, basically. And again, yeah. a slightly different twist than the MCU version. It is still people were like, Oh my gosh, it's too bad they couldn't get Benicio del Toro. No, that is Benicio, it's del, Benicio Toro. del Toro, yeah. it's just a slightly different, and yeah, we don't get to see his over the top, very flamboyant. Uh, version of the character. He is still very flamboyant, flamboyant, yeah. flamboyant. But he is, uh, I always say, he's kind of like a new, he's like a, um, a muscle head kind of version of Oh, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's incredibly ripped. This is a, this is definitely a different version from even the canon, canonized uh, uh, collector from the comics where, uh, if you remember, if you remember uh, in uh, Unworthy Thor, <clears throat> right, the collector there, he had, um, he had Stormbringer. He had, um, uh, I forget, who was whose axe was that in Stormbreaker? It was um Stormbreaker Ray, in in yeah, the in the comic Ray Bill. is Beta Ray, Ray Bill's um yeah. and it was actually from a different universe. Yeah, it was it was yeah, that's right, that's right. It was uh that Mjolnir was was um Ultimate Thor who died in Ultimate in the Ultimate Universe. Yeah, and then, um, and then yeah, that that uh but before that that uh collector is actually a very slim down looking, and of course it was a couple of years after our first appearance of collector in the MCU. And so it looked a little bit more like Benicio del Toro. He looked a little more fitted, a little more kind of laid back. He was still very, you know, extravagant in a certain sense, but uh, we always see that, that if the live action interpretation of a certain character is, they have tend to be adopted inside the, uh, inside the, in the comics, because you just have continuity with it. I but, just now noticed this along uh, the collector's neck. I wonder, it looks like uh, Project Centipede. It looks like he might be on a super soldier. He might be a super soldier. 
Mm -hmm. Um, So again, those who don't know what Project Centipede is, it goes back to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. There was a line and it was kind of, they used it a little bit in Iron Man 2, um, is a, a, a fusion into um into your spine or your body and it helped you heal and um rejuvenate body parts like there was a person like a soldier who lost their arm in battle it almost used um uh, this this power to rejuvenate um a uh, the arm the limb almost kind of like what uh lizard does in amazing spider-man one um real quick though we are in the scene where we meet howard the duck this is the mm-hmm. most Howard the Duck we've seen in the MCU. It is voiced by Seth Green, the original yep. voice actor, who is given credit as the uh, uh, who's given been given credit for playing Howard the Duck in both uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One, Two, and in, in and in game. Even though he does yep. not speak in in game, he is given a credit because yep. Howard the Duck does actually exist in in game. We also see the Dark Order is now working for uh, the for, Collector. Yep. Um, and we do know they were still the child of Thanos, that they were, they actually did um, work with him when he tried to do the snap, but he, mm-hmm. when he went straight, they, they went to work yeah. with Tenevere. Um, yeah. We also see now a call, I, yeah. real quick, little Easter, Easter egg. We pause this real quick. Um, when Howard the Duck and Chachala separate, he ponies up to a bar. You might recognize the bar because it, it is a replica of, the cantina scene from star Wars and the robot serving Howard, the duck is the robot that serves Valkyrie in, um, in, uh, Ragnarok. Ragnarok. So, and also real quick, um, the scene, uh, where, um, when T'Challa gets loose and he gets into a hangar with different space vehicles. Um, there is, um, multiple vehicles that we see, including a, a version of Star Lord's um, vehicle, the the Milano. We see um, a Nova Corps, um, the, the, like the star shaped yeah. ship. Um, a couple other ones, but the one I didn't notice. Oh, we also see that one that the um, that big like un- indestructible ship that the uh, that the bad guys drive. Um, uh, the, you know the characters that we saw with um, on Morag that have uh, he goes hey Ninja Turtle you know from the original oh, movie, the the the, the, yeah. the, the guys. there's like a yeah. rock ship with like a like a V wing um, oh, no. we see that in yeah. there so there, there's a yeah there's a lot of Easter egg specific it's the collector what do you expect it's, it's the collector so the one I but. never saw before including they also have the collector's cousin okay mm-hmm. which is known as the Grandmaster uh-huh. his ship is in here. But there is a connection to a greater universe in this scene that just connected two universes. There is an X-Wing in this hangar. Hmm. Plain as day. It's right above the Nova. If you're watching the scene, it's right above the Nova Corps ship. So for the first time, outside of Captain America's book in Winter Soldier, where, where he's told he needs to watch Star Wars and Star Trek, Mm-hmm. This actually now makes Star Wars the events of the 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 Star War or the uh, the Skywalker saga mm-hmm. canon within the greater MCU. So somewhere out there in an alternate universe, the Skywalker saga takes place within it's the Marvel MCU Cinematic stuff. Universe. Mm-hmm. This thing shit's about ready to get real, Jr. So yeah, let's hit, yeah. let's go back to us. 
but this is no, but yeah, just going, yeah, just going over that. You see, uh, you see definitely uh, actually, there's a there'll be a fight scene in there where they're talking about a certain where the Ravagers with Nebula is going to be talking about a certain plan for uh, for them to steal the the um, the fire's ember, I think, or the embers of something, where it's basically embers of Genesis, embers of Genesis. So basically, uh, this whole plan is to basically go into the bank that is called the collector's bank and steal something that could possibly and probably just um, feed millions of planets through <clears throat> billions of like uh, billions of lifetimes or some of that billions of lives where uh, these uh, these seeds are able to just plant and sprout just basically a jungle uh, a jungle sized planet worth of food for for forever basically or nearly forever for a planet's first planet's lifetime and so you have uh, you have this fight team take out in the front where you have Korra being basically punched by uh, by Thanos because of just one. It, it's awesome to see that Thanos is getting ribbed right from his teammates, from his crewmates, saying that oh yeah, you're just you know like you're you're playing my guy. It's kind of it's kind of weird and stuff. And so you have to get punched. And then you get you see you see the like order come out, or specifically uh, uh, Proxima Midnight come out and kind of just quell that. And it's it's it's. Interesting to see Thanos get kind of like wrecked at this point because we we know the differences in power between Thanos and like how he's on par in MCU to at least Hulk, right? And you see him kind of just um, get kind of whooped basically by Proxima Midnight, who isn't necessarily shouldn't be that strong. Granted, yes, that this version of Thanos is probably weaker because he hasn't been training. He hasn't been in those constant battles. He hasn't been in those... Uh, he hasn't been in those, you know, genocidal packs of wanting to kill half a planet and thus, you know, seeing Gamora and everyone else. And so that probably stopped super early in his in uh, in Gamora's lifetime specifically for that to kind of stop. And so he's just been with the Ravagers. He's been on these on these treks to do greater good with the Ravagers, with T'Challa near the helm or basically the spokesman of the Ravagers. So you see just this huge disparity in strength of where Thanos was in comparison to MCU to where he is in this version. So that was uh, interesting to see. Other than that, you see a bunch of other scenes uh, in the film, in the episode where T'Challa, his, uh, his necklace that he still keeps about this is which from his home, from his home of, uh, of Wakanda, it glows when he, and he finds behind him that <clears throat> we have the, the certain, the specific spaceship that we, that we see in the first, in the first uh, black in first black Panther movie, the, that, I forgot what they actually call that ship. I can't remember what it's called either, but it's it's yeah. the ship that he's flying in when yeah. he goes back in and he goes. This full never vi- gets yeah. old. Never yeah, full, full vibranium inside of it is it features uh, it has all of the um uh all of the, I guess the, the gear of of um uh the dormilage in yes. there without anybody in there and said so the and Tal sees this uh this hol- this hologram of his father saying that he's been kidnapped and that everything was told to him basically a lie because uh, uh, what we forgot to say is that when he was talking to Nebula about this plan Nebula was uh they made some they made some other small talk about you know how we keep you know things at home and she asked about her home about T'Challa's home or what she called what she effectively calls him Chacha's home and he talks about like yeah um Yandu brought me back home one time and then we found out that it was destroyed come to find out it wasn't destroyed and he has been taken <clears throat> and that um that after finding out this truth uh, after finding out this truth he was of course captured brought into a cell with all the other ravagers including thanos and that uh and that we find out that uh that that um that nebula was has double crossed him 
saying that, oh, you know, it's a debt that you need to repay. So you skipped I mean, a couple scenes. Yeah, yeah. we're because we you know the collector is after T'Challa. He's looking yeah, for it's T'Challa. And so the other thing too is going back to the um hmm. the uh what they call the seeds of Genesis or the um yeah, seeds of Genesis. Um that people there is there is a, a growing fan theory that two things. Number one, that the seeds of Genesis is a MacGuffin like the reality stone was within the liquid form of the ether. So the ether um, was kind of dissolved and in it was the reality stone. There is a theory going around that the seeds of Genesis contain an infinity stone and it has a certain green hue to it and that the seeds mixed with the time stone much like the liquid form of the ether when you touch it it becomes it alters your reality Mm -hmm. that when you come in contact with these seeds of genesis that it instantly activates the time stone so that much like in the comic books for those of you don't know there was a series that came out a few years ago called infinity wars and in it um a different version of Gamora, spoiler alert, is the one trying to gain the Infinity Stones. And I think after the Infinity Wars, uh, where the where the Infinity Stones are all garnered, because that that I think in the comic book continuity they were destroyed and like small yeah. particles were spread throughout the universe. They're recollected, and then at the conclusion of the Infinity Wars, they actually kind of switch like the the space stone does this now and so that their 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 usage and then the different colored versions kind of alternate so people there's a theory going beyond that maybe in what if that the infinity stones which we know thanos attempted to gather um are different MacGuffins or, or different like you know when i say MacGuffin, like in, in, in the show, they're trying to get the power storm. They don't say what's in the orb, but they're, they're trying to grab the orb. And in the main cinematic universe, the yeah, orb is the power stone. Hmm. Um, we have seen the Tesseract. We know that the Tesseract is the space stone. And it was used similarly in What If Episode 1. So are we seeing maybe the time stone or a ver- different version of an infinity stone is within the... Um, the seeds of Genesis. We don't know. It, it's just a fan theory going on now. Yeah. And then in the teasers, though, we have seen the time stone, though. We've seen, um, or at least we've seen Doctor Strange um, with the Eye of Agamotto. We're assuming mm-hmm. the, uh, the, 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 the time stone is within the Eye of Agamotto. But that, that's just, a, I just wanted to throw yeah. that out there for those who yeah. comment below what you think. What is the seeds of Genesis? Is it exactly what it is? It's, it's just. Yeah, it's- the, it's called actually, yeah, the Embers of Genesis. I'm sorry, embers the of Embers of Genesis. Yeah. Are the Embers of Genesis just simply what they are, fast-growing seeds? Or is there a more... The Embers of Genesis <laughs> The embers of Genesis are actually freaking... um. What's the name? The Devil? What's, what's that fucking stupid-ass fan theory that we, thought, that we, all, that we had? The, uh, the Embers of Genesis is really Mephisto. Yes, <laughs> that's, we're going to make Mephisto it's, happen. It's really Mephisto. Yeah, nice. Right. But yeah, just, just continue onwards, man. It's... Um, yeah, we see this, this huge. Yeah, we see this huge fight. We see this. Um, we see T'Challa or Chacha in this box set out to be, you know, a a canvas piece for this blank white 
wall that that uh, Tivian has in his house or whatever, right? They had this conversation about it, right? And he talks about, and T'Challa talks about that his in his history, people usually bad things are usually um, pe- our people don't like being locked in cages or something like that, to that certain extent, and that and that actually sprawls into um, the one of the the one of the slaves or one of the um, the maids slash slaves is um, I forgot her name, Karina. Karina, the uh, yeah, Karina. she's yeah, she's again, actually same voice actor yep. from Guardians yep. of the Galaxy Volume One. She yeah, she has voice for the same voice actor, and that gives her a uh, a, a horrible a seed of of some sort of of thought in her in her brain in her mind, and so things happen. <clears throat> uh, it cuts to it cuts to back to the Ravagers inside the lo- in the holding cell, uh, and uh, and spoiler alert, uh, freaking Nebula actually trip across everybody by saying that oh yeah. Uh, Nebula comes in with the with the guard. She shoots the guard, saying that, "Oh yeah, this was actually part of the plan to begin with." Because I told Cha Cha that I was going to teach that this was my whole thing. Like we're going to, we were going to, uh, you know, use him as bait, and then he he was okay with it. Well, I go take the embers of uh, embers of Genesis, and so that was the whole plan. And then we have this fight scene between um uh, between Yondu with with T'Challa uh, versus versus the Collector, and again uh, during this fight scene. Uh, during this fight scene, yeah, Tivian is just cracked out. He's he's incredibly different from both his MCU and his and, and his in lore or main continuity comics. Uh, like just looking, just physicality, he looks like he should have been some. He should have been this powerful in the MCU. And not only that, but like he had a bunch of freaking like weapons to his to his uh to his arsenal he had uh, he he pressed the button and like this huge arsenal of just weapons that we all freaking see right was definitely from a certain timeline and that he had captain america's shield he had um he had the uh the ebony he had the the uh, the black dagger from thor too he had freaking thor's mjolnir he had uh he what else is on there there's Um... a bunch of weapons there he had Hela's headdress, which, which said. That, oh, which, and he had uh, Korg's arm, yeah, severed he had arm. Yeah, Korg's arm. Yeah, Korg's severed freaking arm. So that means all of all of Thor, all of freaking maybe all the Asgardians are wiped off the planet or wiped off the existence. He had um, Hela's headdress, right? Which, uh, which finally someone said, or was finally set out that uh, that she develops a Necrosword. Necrosword, of course, is a deep cut where it is the first black blade of the universe. Uh, this was, of course, retcon in 2017 when Noel, the symbiote god, was said that he was he was the creator of the Necrosword to fight against Celestials. Which, in in Venom, you see you see Noel just freaking decapitate and kill a bunch of Celestials with a Necrosword. And in this version, he uh, Hela's headdress was able to basically make an infinite amount of it. And so you see Tivian do that. We have both Tivian and. Uh, both Tivian fight of uh, both Yandu and T'Challa. We have this rousing, you know, you know, father-son moment between them because after they were arguing about, like, you know, uh, that you took me away from my home and all that stuff, that they ultimately, you know, Yandu loves his kid, saying, "No, no, I'm not, I'm not leaving out here with my kid." And so they're, they're, they fight. They get, they get Tivian into a box and they hand, they hand the controls to, uh, to Karina, where Karina then unleashes all of. The captives from Tivian's collection onto him. <clears throat> Fast forward a little bit more, uh, we find that they they escape the planet. That is then um, oh we forgot that I forgot the scene where uh, that where we finally get Thanos versus two 
versus two members of the um, of the um, <coughs> of the order. He fights off against Ebony Ma, I think. Ebony, Ebony is Ebony Ma. No, he fights off against uh, Proxima Midnight and yeah, Ebony Ma, the the big guy with the hammer. Uh, he kind of gets kind of he kind of gets his ass handed to him basically when he gets the two of them, and then you, you see Nebula come in and kind of save his ass. Ebony Ma is the guy that that's uh, Squidward. Um, Corvus, Corvus Glaive, Corvus Glaive, Corvus Glaive is, the is, is the guy that has the big hammer because mm. he's a, um, a, a, a an amalgamation of two characters. Right. I think he's originally something dwarf. Um, in the comic books, the, there was a non-politically correct version of the, this the character. So Corvus Glaive mm. that we see in Infinity War and um, in Game, right. and obviously yeah. in in this is an amalgamation of two characters. And I think it's called like Black Dwarf, or I, I don't know. There's there's yeah. a non PC name that the character has in the comic books. What is the other guy's name then? Yeah, you have, I forget, oh, forget his freaking name. It's Ebony Maw, which is the Squidward for those yeah. of you, you know. Um, Corvus Glaive. Corvus Glaive is Proxima Midnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, um, I always forget the other guy's name. It does, uh, it's actually not on your either on the, uh, the IMDb. It's not on IMDb. Yeah, it's not IMDb. Yeah, I will find out who it is, but, but yeah. Um, other than that, like yeah, he, uh, he fights again. Uh, Thanos fights against those two, gets his ass whooped, uh, or gets he gets you know they have the upper hand on on Thanos. Uh, uh, his his adopted daughter comes in, it's Nebula, to try to save his ass, and uh, she in, in this case Nebula is very much that spy. You know she's that you know very very high class spy that is there to yeah she's basically Amelia Clark in this in this film this whole freaking thing is basically you know a better version of solo if if any if anything it, it is very much that like yeah if T'Challa just went to space he would be solo but like a hundred times better honestly <clears throat> and then okay. you see this point where the, real quick she, you were correct um Corvus Glaive is, is the guy <clears throat> with the blade yeah Cole o- Obsidian is there is from, from what i understand cole obsidian who's the big guy with the hammer is mm-hmm. a character in the main marvel cinematic universe yeah. um but then he is pulled from the show just as i thought from the comic books um black dwarf is mm-hmm. a um is a character from the um from the comic books um they changed his name to Cole obsidian there's also a character named super giant and black swan they're also members oh, yeah. of, the, of the Black Order. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think Black Dwarf and one other character are, are combined. But yeah, the very kind of vampire looking guy that actually stabs Vision in Infinity War. He's, um, yeah, he's a dark elf. That's, dark elf. that's, yeah. uh, that's Corvus Clave. You're, you're, you're right. I didn't mean to. Yeah. Sorry. Should have never, no. never second guess JR. <laughs> so basically, yeah, those. Uh, um, where was I? Uh, Nebula comes in to save him. She she puts some of the uh, the embers of a uh, the embers of uh, the embers of Genesis into one of the guy's mouth, and just from it, these huge vines just sprout from him and just basically take over uh, the head of nowhere, which is where they're at. Nowhere is from, of course, the first uh, the first um, Guardians of the Galaxy film where they were uh, Tibian originally was housed in or yeah. that who made his home in. <clears throat> they escaped the planet. And then um, everyone saves planet, and then they then they have this heart to heart between T'Challa and 
uh, and Yandu, which I, which for me was definitely the the pivotal moment in the in the whole freaking episode, where he's like, where Yan, where Jashal like, I, now knowing this truth, I don't know where I belong. And Yandu looks at me. Yandu looks goes, looks at him and goes, "Kid, seeing you do what you do, right? You could be in any planet, anywhere among any people. You always belong." And like for me, I felt like that was for uh, that was for Chadwick. Like, yeah. yeah, man, he that was definitely for Chad. You'll always belong. And so they go back, uh, they go back to, to Earth, they go back to his people in Wakanda, and it's still there, right? It's still there, everything's fine. He they go up to see his parents. Siri's still there, his mother's still there, the the dormant lodger is still there, and they welcome them back with open arms. And then we see this uh this this awesome scene where where the Ravengers uh and Every and all the not Dennis's but like Majorman Lodge as well as you know the as well as the royal family are there talking amongst each other. We see uh we see Thanos talking to Okoye about like Okoye goes, my friend, that sounds like genocide because he's talking about his plan again. Like, no, 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 it's 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 fair because it's random. Like, no, I mean that's genocide. And we just have a little we had this whole thing talking, and the I think the one of the last lines was um was um was uh, I want to say his name. I don't want to say Charlotte's father. His, his name is uh Chaka. His name, Chaka, yeah, Chachaka. You're saying Tchaka. that, uh, Chachaka, <laughs> yeah. And then he talks about like, you know, how do you find my son, right? And then, like, how did you come across my son? And then the uh, uh, goes like, oh, when I was lost, he found me, father. And so like that was basically how it ended. It we had this awesome, uh, we have this awesome script saying that like this is to our to our friend, our hero, <clears throat> uh, Chuck, to our Chuck friend, Boseman. our in our our to our friend, our influence, and our hero. Yeah. Our hero, Chadwick uh, uh, Boseman, and yeah. it was a beautiful episode. It, it was, was a great episode, incredibly good episode. And we okay. we do know that um, the escapades of T'Challa, mm. the Star Lord, is not over. Um, mm-hmm. But this was his really his swan song because, like yeah. we mentioned, this was a character that T'Challa, the Chadwick Boseman, wanted yeah. to to do. Um, the um, I think what was kind of cool that wasn't that still wasn't lost from the first movie or from sorry from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two was that with Yondu is oh, there's a line one of my favorite lines in the movie goes I may have not been your father but I'm um, but I sure am or somebody say I may daddy. not have been your father but I uh, but I'll always be your daddy or you're something like that yeah. or something yeah. basically saying like I was a father figure to you and so yeah there was that implied moment in um in a couple of scenes and then one there where he says he goes oh i was lost and then i was found so yeah he still recognizes that chachaka is his father his earthbound yeah. biological father but that yondu yeah did raise like him raise and, them yeah. yeah which is great and i uh, actually even um before we before we, i want to continue um on on jack boseman as black panther as star lord but then we have another end credit scene where we go to a Dairy Queen, we oh are yeah, 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 fixated to a Dairy Queen, right? And then we see Peter Quill, who is just Peter Quill. That's it. We're working at Dairy Queen, and we who we, who do we see at the end of that? We see Ego uh, come up and say, "Hey, kid." Uh, um, you, I think no, Peter Quill goes, uh, "Sorry, sir, we're closed for the night or something," right? And he goes, "Oh, you, you know, you talk about like you can't open for, you can't open for your father, right?" And it's Ego, and he's, his eyes grow a uh, glow white. And then we see the uh, the ship in the back, right? And the, the big egg ship, yeah. The, 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 the egg rocket, we we'll call it. Yeah, and then we have um, we have um, 
Yandu talk about like in this meeting here, uh, uh, this meeting here surmised the end of the world or something like that, right? And we still see consequences of what happens. And so, and I do say episode, like, yeah, and then of course you ought to says, um, this, and this is a whole different story, but that will be for a different time, yeah. uh, which I, again, I just love, 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 loved. And um, yeah. I, again, I think what I like about these episodes, JR, what I like about this series is it not only is it a love letter to the fans, a love letter to creative minds that think outside the box, you know, and I think it's also a love letter to those who grew up reading the what yeah. if stories. Oh yeah. Um, I, I know that, I talked with Mr. Z, uh, our, our good friend, who is a gigantic fan of the What If books. And I told him, you, you've got to watch this show. Mm. I really think this is right in, in kind of in tune with everything that the What If book series uh, meant to the, Mar- the overall Marvel universe. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it, was, it was probably the near, damn near perfect sh- uh, show. I know that there is, there are still some that, yeah, um, we'll say like it's a bit controversial that they maybe they changed too much. I'm like, but what's to say? You know, yeah, what's I mean, to like, say in the what if universe? Yeah, that where where do you stop? Because it is what it is, it is exactly what it's it is. What if? It's what if? Yeah. And like you ought to said that the moment that Peggy Carter decided to stay by Steve Rogers' side, that changed everything. You know, same thing with here by picking up the wrong child on Earth that changed everything. it changed everything and yeah and like we you see, said you have a yeah. diplomat like t'challa that can talk to thanos yeah you one know. of the um uh after watching this episode right i kind of scoured right to see what people's reactions were and uh i've seen a, a bunch of articles as well man saying that like you know oh yeah the world would have been saved if t'challa was definitely star lord or like there was this huge weird demographic of people saying that oh it, it was a uh, it was this horror demographic of people saying that oh you know this is what happens when you know when a black man takes charge and you know the white white meat like how we prop up white meat or for men i'm like bro what the hell are you talking about this is fucking t'challa because like the, one of my biggest cons- one of my biggest interests in this right is that how do we have someone who's extremely prominent incredibly intelligent and destined to be basically king yeah handle situation differently right if he puts a child in any fucking different in any other situation, he'd probably still be T'Challa and probably excel to a certain extent. If T'Challa was uh, if T'Challa was in W in World War II, right, about to get super serum, they'd win instantly. He didn't, he wouldn't need that because it's freaking T'Challa. Yeah. And one of the arguments, right, was saying that oh, Peter Quill is Peter Quill then is the horde guy that kind of just fucked up everything everybody else. Now, homie. For me, this is definitely a debate of this. This is a discussion of nature versus nurture, right? Because we got to remember, Peter Quill literally had fucking nobody. His mom died through cancer. He had a, his father left him at a young age, right? And so his only his only escape was music because of his, that was that what that's the one thing that connected to him from him, to him and to his mother. And then he was then he was then kidnapped by an extraterrestrial alien, and that was his father figure for the for the next majority of his life, right? And yeah. so, yeah, we see him thieving. We see him do these things because he's still a kid. While T'Challa, who was literally born to be king, was given the education of the kings, was given everything, right? In the sense of, like, understanding humanity, understanding history and all that. And as well as incredibly, not just incredibly privileged, but incredibly, incredibly in- influenced and affluential in every aspect he'd done, 
has excelled accordingly because that's, he's literally a freaking Disney prince. Of course he's going to excel. This is what happens when you have great people in great positions. You become T'Challa. And, and you, when T'Challa was in Thrive in the role of Star-Lord, guess what happens? Everyone changes around him because he's that freaking influential. Like, did y'all forget who T'Challa was in canon in MCU? The dude literally uh, like went through all the schools, uh, all the all the high private schools of America, and aced them every single year he was in. He's that smart. He's yeah. intelligent. He has an eclectic brain. He is given. He he had. He's the most technology. He he reigns from the city that is the most technology advanced city in the entirety of the world, Wakanda. He has access to literally every piece of education ever. And he not only that, but he has a history of people who have been the oppressed and the oppressors. So, yeah, he, of course, you would excel. He's a Disney prince. He's a Disney prince, a right Disney prince who, 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 um, who was the perfect depiction of who you want to see, who, of a role model you want in your kid's life. So, of freaking course, he's going to excel better than Peter Quill. But that's the difference. The story with the story with uh with Achala is gonna be much different from the story of Peter Quill. Peter Quill talks about the about fatherless kids. That's the whole depiction that nobody wants to talk about. He's the one, he's the kid that you he he's the kid that has upbringing who like who the fuck wants him? He he's looking for a family, so he found a family. That's the difference. And so there's this weird debate of people talking about like, oh, you know, Peter Quill is fucking the horrid piece of shit. He couldn't save down. He couldn't talk to them. Like, bro, that you're you're no, it's a different story. But that was just my take on that. Yeah. Well, we do know according to um to IMDB, and again, mm-hmm. it's not hundred percent sure that episode three will be the Loki episode. Ooh. What if Loki presented himself as uh, to the governments of Earth as king of Asgard using all his diplomacy? So are we going to see this as a good Loki who's just there for President Loki? Let's go. So we'll see. That could be it. Maybe we will see President Loki like we did hinted at that a version of Loki in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in one of the many timelines and one of the different multiverses. Yes, there was President Loki. We saw that in the final two episodes of Loki. Um, but uh, overall, will let us know in the comments below. Though? What's that? I'm sorry. Will it be played, though, by Tom Hiddleston? As far as I know, Tom Hiddleston is very much involved with with uh, with what if. Um, uh, Tanya Wheelock was the actress who plays the female Ravager. I looked mm. it up. It's on the credits at the end of this episode. There is no mm. name to that. Um, I'll have to do a little bit more research because the character looks familiar. And I want to say that there is a female Ravager in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 and Volume 2. But I don't recognize the pink hair. Um, I do know that actually okay. one of the original Guardians in Gar- from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, when they had that post-credit scene where yeah. um, there is a character that has her head shaved on one side and her hair fl- uh, flipped over. And, but it's paid, played by almost like a... Um, it almost looks like uh, Ming-Na Wen. It, pl- it looks like she's played by an Asian character. This mm-hmm. character in the cartoon does not look Asian, so I don't know if it's yeah. one of the same. And they would have they would have said that they would have said, "Hey, this is blah 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 blah. This is the the, the original Ravager, or, I, or I'm sorry, original yeah. Guardian of the Galaxy." Yeah, I kind of um, I kind of fucked myself. I kind of spoiled myself seeing who's gonna voice who inside the series, and I just see a bunch of names. I'm like, "Fuck, I shouldn't have seen it." 
All right. Well, don't no more no more peeking because I know mm-hmm. Jr. You don't like to be spoiled. You like no. going in. Um, let us know in the comments below what you thought about this episode. Uh, if you're listening to us on the audio version, hit us up on social media. What? Sorry. Okay. What did Jr. find? Um, don't spoilers, 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 spoilers. I'm just gonna say a name. I'm just saying name. Party Thor. Oh yeah, yeah, I knew about that. Okay, good. I'm I'm guessing you know uh the storyline from the comics then. Yeah, or, yeah I do. I okay. do. I just I, I don't I so expect Party that, Thor is gonna be I knew of the name of the character. Um it's played by Chris Hemsworth. Um and we've seen him in the teaser trailer where he goes, slow down a bit. Some of yeah. us may not know what this is about. I'm not one of yeah. them. Um so JR knows from the comic continuity what Party Thor is. I don't. I'm going in with this episode uh, a little bit more naive. Um, And uh, we will see uh, what that is all about. We don't know when that episode is going to take place. It could take place in the next episode with uh, the the Loki episode. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, again, let us know uh, some takeaways. What you thought of the episode. Uh, Do you believe uh, that the the, uh, embers of Genesis is a MacGuffin for a Infinity Stone or is it just, it is what it is. It was something that was in the the collector's collection. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you think Star Wars exists in in a multiverse, uh, in a different multiverse universe? uh, That'd be interesting. It'd be interesting because we saw the X-Wing, but at the same time, we've seen Star Wars and Star Trek referenced in the greater MCU, of course, in Infinity War. But now we actually see a Star Wars vehicle, albeit it's it's animated and it's a background kind of like a wink, kind of an Easter egg. But yeah, what do you mean by there being an X-Wing? Um, yeah. So let us know about that. And uh, yeah, what's going to take place with Ego? I mean, are we going to see that? I mean, we do know that uh, season two has already been greenlit. They're already working on it. The only thing we know about season two is that Captain Carter will have a bigger input on season two. So we do know that Peggy Carter, Haley Atwell is coming back Mm -hmm. to play the character and that Captain Carter is going to be a big part of season two. But what part does she have in season in the, in the rest of season one? Are we just going to see the groundwork laid uh, out for these individual quote heroes like Captain Carter, T'Challa, is Loki going to be a hero? Is it going to be party Thor? Is it going to be party Thor? Is it, we've seen Gamora teased as a possible hero. Um, we do know from the Funko <laughs> line, we do know from the Funko line that there is a version of Black Widow, a different version of yeah. Black Widow in this. Yep. We've seen Hawkeye. We've seen, we've seen Iron Man. We've seen Killmonger. Uh-huh. What are we going to see in I- this? feel like if they're really doing this route we just might pivot into secret wars much faster than we expect on into what into secret wars much oh. faster than we expect dude could this be and there is a theory going around with this so let us know in the comments below too as we'll wrap things up here is that secret invasion the show that's going to take place on disney plus is a smoke screen and that it's not secret invasion that it's secret wars. Yeah, I mean, um, there's a theory, yeah. but I still think I think it's not. I'm not a fan. I'm not a, a, theor- a theorist of that. I think we are actually going to get secret invasion. I think secret invasion is going to be a cog in the wheel 
two secret wars. I think there's yeah. so much going on. Um, but uh, let me get my let me get my theory just real just real quick. Maybe secret invasion actually because we talked about before the Kree versus um, it was the Kree versus um oh what is it called dude what's the name the uh, Kree scroll scrolls versus scrolls. the scrolls because this, uh, in the comic continuity yeah the scrolls they basically take over Earth right they they invade Earth they um they capture very specific very high um you know high in the rank uh either superheroes or government officials right and they take over their lives basically right yeah <clears throat> but i feel like is that maybe this is it's the inverse of that because we see that the scrolls in the mcu universe specifically are the refugees are working hand in hand with fury with people from shield with or with sword at this point who are working with captain marvel maybe it's the inverse where the scrolls are actually going to to help or, or the Kree are going to invade Earth, right? Because we've seen them, the Kree before, they are uh, different. I say that, just different, right? They're a different versions of Kree, of, of, of Kree. Maybe they invade Earth, and then the secret invasion part comes into where the scrolls, they either, uh, they are the ones going to um, to infiltrate the, either the Kree or help infiltrate into the Earth where they combat against the, uh, to get, combat against the Kree invasions. That's just the thing I'm just throwing out there. And there's we'll also see. been, and we'll we'll definitely, as we get closer to it, we'll have more secret invasion. But I do know that there's been talk about too that there's a theory that this the the the, the scrolls are have revealed themselves as more of a good good guy, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but that there is a bad faction of scrolls. But as you're at the same time, in the comic books, the Kree were always um the good guys. Uh, the good guys and identified, but we've seen in different versions uh, of of in the, within the Marvel Cinematic Universe yep. and Agents of Shield, um, we've seen that the Kree is at least the Kree we've seen have mm-hmm. been the bad guys. So yep. who knows, guys? Let us know yeah. in the comments below oh, uh, too yeah. about that. Also, one thing we forget uh, when uh, when uh, when T'Challa was going through the <clears throat> was going through a, all of Collector's things, we did see Super Scroll. I did see Super Scroll. He looked uh, like a regular Scroll, but he's Super Scroll. Hundred percent. So, uh, yeah, but I think the other thing too, when the, when that when Karina releases all of those things to come after the collector, very eerie sound came from the 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 mass, similar to that what we hear on Sunday nights on AMC. Just saying, kind of sounded mm-hmm. like uh, a certain group of uh, walkers. I'll <laughs> just leave it at that. Did not sound like a, a, a horde of 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 creatures that were under their own power that's the same very very zombie like i don't know just 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 put out there anyway so uh all right guys thank you so much for uh watching and listening to us and uh i promise that as you're if you're watching episode two of this or listening to episode two of this the watch the uh, the 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 video version of episode one of what if will be available as well so and of course don't forget the next episode we put out for ps comics i love you will be episode three of season two. It will be our Black Widow watch along, uh, plus some brief news and notes. And then, of course, we will get episode three of What If next week. Yep. Uh, but as always, be kind to one another. Uh, wear your damn mask. And mm-hmm. uh, and as like JR and I always say, dude, peace. Peace. Cool, man. <laughs>